I'm the one, yeah I'm the one early morning in the dark Know you wanna ride and them podcasts. I want to thank each and everybody that listens to this podcast. Thank you for all your support. Really appreciate it. Hope you are doing big, positive, kind, safe, and all those wonderful things out there and being a positive and safe member of the community. So yeah, um, I told y'all I was getting ready to do my podcast. You know, some days I'm going to take a break, you know, but I'm kind of narrowing it down to Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, but I'm, I'm not really sure. And then I might just do two days. I don't know. But I just thank you guys. And like I said, I hope y'all making really big things happen in your communities, in your lives, and all that other stuff. And wish you nothing but the best. Um, keeping it all positive. Keeping it all cool. Keeping it all kind. And how we really should be keeping it. Uh, again, a big, well, not again, I, oh, wait a minute, I edited that. Let me back paddle. Congratulations, Rihanna, on your baby boy. Um, so yeah, um, I wish you and your boo all, and your baby, I wish all you guys have fun. I just wish you all, uh, the best, Mr. ASAP Rocky, that is, I wish y'all all the best. And then congratulations, because I think ASAP Rocky just, you know, he just put out a new either album or record, but I just wish them the best. And I hope they're happy enjoying their baby, because they're going to have fun with it. The, the babies, I mean, they're challenging. It's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, just been getting ready for the summer, baby. You know, getting, getting ready to live our best summer lives and it looks like just yesterday we were you know getting ready to go trick-or-treating and planning thanksgiving but that'll be here before you can blink your eye and say ka-choo ka-choo um yeah covid numbers are going up y'all so you know do you those of you you know if you need a booster get a booster because i'm getting ready to give me a booster i think after i do my pot after this podcast tonight i'm gonna run to my local store and um or either maybe I'll do it tomorrow because I'm gonna be busy tonight. But anyway, I'll be getting that my fourth booster. Well, not my fourth booster, my second booster, because you know, it's it's about that time and with COVID, you know, going up, you know. Um, and again, CDC is urging second booster for older, high-risk Americans amid nation's late latest COVID-19 surge. So if you have, you know, any type of underlying um you know, underlying health um, things going on, health concerns or health, you know, issues within yourself, uh, you might want to go ahead and get that because it's steady mutating and we got to just, we just keeping it moving. And then we got the monkey virus. So, I mean, no, it's not the monkey virus, monkey pox. Anyway, yeah. Following the nation's latest COVID-19 resurgence, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention announced just a couple days ago that its 
It's strengthening. I mean, with everybody's mask off, everybody up under it, it's strengthening. It's strengthening. We don't want it to mutate into something that these vaccines don't even work for. But at the end of the day, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shame the devil and tell the truth. It's just things that make you go, hmm. I wouldn't be, let's just put it like this. God forbid, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it's strengthening and um, it's recommendation for Americans over the age of 12 who are immunocompromised and those who are over age of 50 to receive their second booster shot. Over the past month, we see steady increases in cases. We've heard in our local news, in our national news, and in everybody's news. Um, a substantial increase in hospitalizations for older Americans. And it's a steep and substantial increase in hospitalizations for older Americans, while older Americans have the highest coverage of any group of first booster dose. Well, first booster doses. Most older Americans receive their last dose, either their primary series or their first booster dose many months ago, leaving many who are vulnerable without protection they may need to prevent severe disease, hospitalization, and death. And that's from the CDC. Whether it's your first booster or your second, if you haven't had a vaccine dose since the beginning of December 2021 and you are eligible, now is the time to get one, officials say it. Because I'm getting mine. During the meeting of the CDC's Independent Advisory Committee for Immunization Recommendations on this past Thursday, the CDC Director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, also re-emphasized the importance of older Americans getting boosted, even concerns over waning immunity amid the nation's latest COVID-19 surge. There, so some, people just, there some people have still ain't got their shot. There are some people that still, I need to quit talking country. There are some people in our country that still have not received their initial vaccine for COVID. They never got one in the first place. And then you have some that had the first dose, but that's pretty much it. So, you know, a year ago, I'm just saying, you know, that's what they're talking about with that wane in immunity. I don't, you know, only 38% of those 50 to 64 and 43% of those 65 and older have received a vaccine dose in the past six months. This leaves about 60% of older Americans without the protection they may need to prevent severe disease, hospitalization, and death, Walensky said. We know immunity wanes over time and we need to do all we can now to protect those most vulnerable. According to the CDC data, since the second booster doses were authorized in mid-March, a total of 12.4 million Americans have received their second booster. 11.8 million of those who have received the second boosters are people over the age of 50 and 8.4 million of them are over the age of 65. Although more than 90% of seniors have been fully vaccinated, a third of them have not yet, well, have yet to receive their first COVID booster. So, um, there was a federal data found 
uh, on ABC News analysis of found uh, the federal uh, federal data. They found the federal data that a growing proportion of COVID-19 deaths are occurring among the vaccinated. Are occurring among the vaccinated. I'm finna go get my booster shot. I ain't finna be playing. Back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them podcasts. Stay with me, y'all. And please don't go nowhere. Back in a moment. The weather tech's here. Weather tech is the ultimate protection for your vehicle. Laser measured floor liners, no drill mud flaps, cargo liner, bump step, seat protector, and cup phone. What about my car? Weather tech. Thanks for coming back, everybody. I appreciate it. What happened today? May the 23rd, Russia, Ukraine. As Monday draws to a close in Kiev and in Moscow, here are the key developments of the day. President Vladimir Zelensky said in a Russian missile, said a Russian missile attack last Tuesday killed 87 people in northern Ukraine. Reported to be the heaviest death toll so far from a single airstrike since Russia's invasion began three months ago. Zelensky did not specify whether casualties in the town of Desna were military or civilians. He disclosed the attack in his video address at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Or Davos. In the speech, Zelensky also called for maximum sanctions against Russia and invited businesses that are leaving Russia to come to Ukraine. The first Russian soldier on trial for war crimes in Ukraine has been sentenced to life in prison for killing a civilian. Army Sergeant Vadim Shishimarin, excuse me if I mispronounce the name, 21, pleaded guilty last week to fatally shooting an unarmed Ukrainian man in the earliest days of the war. His Ukrainian court appointed lawyer who argued that he acted on orders to kill the man and fired aimlessly, told journalists he would appeal the ruling. Ukrainian officials have said they are investigating more than 11,000 potential Russian war crimes. Russia, a Russian diplomat, at the permanent mission to the United Nations in Geneva resigned, saying he has never been so ashamed of his country. Mm, mm, mm. Well, at least somebody's speaking up about their feelings about the matter, about the matter. A letter from veteran diplomatic counselor Boris Bondarev shared with colleagues and posted on social media was a rare public rebuke of the Kremlin's war in Ukraine 
from a Russian government official. Bondarev called the invasion not only a crime against the Ukrainian people, but also perhaps the most serious crime against the people of Russia, as it dashed all hopes and prospects for a prosperous, free society in our country. Starbucks is leaving Russia after 15 years in business, closing all 130 stores. The coffee chain had temporarily shut down its stores in March. It's the second major exit of global U.S. brand from Russia after McDonald's last week began de-arching its entire chain after 32 years. Starbucks said it will continue paying its nearly 2,000 employees in Russia for six months and help them find new jobs. The flow of Ukrainian refugees has changed direction in, in Poland. And so has, you know, the aid relief over there. A record 100 million people or 1% of the world's population are forcibly displaced around the globe, escaping violence or natural disasters. Fleeing the war in Ukraine, some citizens of African countries have found doors of Europe are much less open to them. Yeah, um, so they escaped the war in Ukraine, then they faced fresh trouble in Poland. You know, so late last year, uh, Ima left her native Nigeria for Ivano Frankis, Ukraine, where she enrolled in a prerequisite in language courses before transferring to a medical school later this year. It was the next step towards fulfilling her lifelong dream of becoming a doctor. Her plans were finally coming together until February the 24th, the day Russia invaded Ukraine. It was the same day a Russian missile hit the airport in Ivano Frankivs near her home in Western Ukrainian in the Western Ukrainian city. I would have stayed, but because all my Nigerian and my African friends, everyone just moved out. They were like, "We have to go. We have to go. It's not safe." Ema says. So she began her grueling two-day journey towards Polish border, towards the Polish border, on February the twenty-sixth. Uh, she said she broke down. Literally, I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I can't make it. She says when she finally made it, Ema finally made it to safety in Poland. She immediately began working on a Polish visa and plans to secure a path towards medical school. But it's not possible. She says, because I'm not Ukrainian. She is also what Shakira, another Nigerian student heard when she arrived in Warsaw from Ukraine. So we're, so so we were in Ukraine because we wanted to study, Shakira says. Now they are telling us to go back to Nigeria. Nigeria is not safe at the moment. They can't see what is going on in the eastern part of the western parts. Everywhere in Nigeria is not safe. We're only using the students' first names because their status is uncertain. More than 6 million people have fled Ukraine since Russian invasion. Poland has welcomed a majority of them providing work visas, social services, and cash to people who are escaping war with, you know, almost nothing. But not 
All of those who have left Ukraine are Ukrainian, and some citizens of African countries have found that the doors of Europe are much less open to them. There is no help from the government yet. I mean the published government yet, says um, Tay Daniel Omotoso, a Nigerian who has lived in Poland for 15 years and is the chairman of Nigerians in Poland, the NDOP. In February, um, Omotosho heard Africans escaping Ukraine were being harassed on their way to Poland. His group mobilized, providing transportation, housing, food, and humanitarian relief for African students. Uh, relief for African students who were leaving, living in Ukraine. He opened up a residence in the outskirts of Warsaw, where um, Ima, Shakira, and 23 other African students currently live. But soon he realized that what the students really needed was legal status in Poland, including the right to work and go to school. And he's saying they're saying if they were Ukrainians, they would have access to free medical care. They would have access to Social Security number. Those who have children would have access to a monthly sort of stipend. Um, But the absence of legal status means African students like Shakira and Emma are in limbo. Many of them are living in a rental two story house surrounded by forests on the outskirts of Warsaw, provided by the NDOP. The students say the government of Poland does not see them as refugees, even if they fled Ukraine for the same reasons as their Ukrainian counterparts. Back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them. Hey, uh, I didn't order any pizza. Jake from State Farm. After you saved me so much dough on insurance with that Parker promo, I devised a promo for you. Here's the deal, Parker. State Farm offers everyone surprisingly great rates. Yeah, right. Pepperoni pockets, an atomic brownie, cuckoo crusty. There's no promo, it's just great rates. And a cider ranch. You're the man, man. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks for coming back, everybody. I appreciate it. As you know, and as we know, we are slowly but surely approaching a long and happy Memorial Day weekend. We about to be in the summer, y'all, summertime. I can't believe how fast, um, how fast time is, has went from the time the uh, this podcast first started up till now. My, how, how the times fly when you're having fun. But there's so much going on around our country, and I'm just going to start with Back home again in Indiana. The Indiana 500 races. For those of you who are in the nap town, but we ain't sleeping. Part of the United United States. Whew. How can I get my tongue untwisted? Maybe I should have did some exercise before I started my podcast. But anyway. Those of you who are following the Indy 500 races, uh, you know, it's a little bit of drama going on. Uh, Marco Andretti ha- accepted an p- apology from Takuma Sato after 20, you know, after the, uh, t- this year's Indy 500 co- qualifying conflict. So what had happened was Marco Andretti had an issue with Takuma Sato during the Indianapolis 500 qualifying, but that is past. 
Sato's initial qualifying effort Saturday was disallowed because he remained on the track rather than pulling into pit entrance lane in turn three and interfered with Andretti, who was getting up to speed for his qualifying attempt. Andretti ended up with a qualifying run of 226.108 miles per hour. Dang, that is fast. Putting him in 30th due to a mechanical issue on the second run of his lap. He moved up to 23rd at 230.345 miles per hour on his second run. Gosh, y'all, can you imagine? That's pretty dang on fast. Eight drivers have won in, in, at the Indy 500 before, um, where former winners will start at Speedway. You know, so, and then here's a look at the field. Uh, Indy 500 has a rare mix of experience and youth, but that first run would have been screwed anyway because we had a big um, plenum explosion, so that run was going to be bad anyway, Andretti said Monday. At that, at the time, we didn't know if we'd get to run again because the rain was coming. We got lucky to at least move up a few rows there when the rain held off. For those who, of you who don't know Race Talk, basically, they got a little behind because of the rain. And, um, you know, so that kind of hindered a little bit of something, something. You know, them moving forward and whatnot. Uh, Andretti also said he appreciates that Sato texted him an apology. So, you know, I guess when they were driving, you know, you know, and the rain and you might have cut him off and all that. But anyway, they made up. So that's, that's, that was awesome. Um, he texted him an apology, you know, and then he says, goes on and Dreddy goes to say, he's the nicest guy in the world. And he said, he said, he sent him a paragraph apologizing. And he said, once they told me you were coming, I thought it better not to move. And he said, Andretti said, I said, well, yeah, that's probably good because I was hoping he wasn't going to go left and then we would actually crash in on our qualifying run. So now y'all get it. There was almost a crash just, you know, because of the rain and all of that. And it was a little bit of the beef, but they, you know, there was an apology and it's all good now. So those of you who are traveling to Indianapolis for the Indianapolis Motor Speedways 500 races, be safe. Um, don't drink and drive. Watch your speed because the popo be out looking and you, they will not playing with you. You will get a ticket. And just like, you know, anywhere else you can go, you can be going down south or wherever you're going on the highways. You need to be careful and slow down and look out for one another and drive safe because, um, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I would put that out there. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about what's going on in Shot Town, y'all. But with respect and much love to Indiana, Indianapolis, and the races, that's where I long for my Indiana home. Back in the moment with the World According to Boogie and Them podcast. Stay with me. Come on back. I play, you play, we play, you play. I play, you play, we play, you play. I play, you play.